Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to the Week 1 Review, Week 2 Preview for the 2022-2023 NFL season. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. What's going on with you? Uh, Nothing. A little confused still about the first week, but um, I know we'll break it down here, and hopefully we can get some clarity moving into Week 2. Yeah, I, I mean... Week one was was insane. Um, it was fantastic to have football back, but we had some really, really, really ugly games. A lot of blown covers, a lot of strange things going on. Um, but we'll jump right in. To recap last week in terms of picks, uh, we had five of us on. I got nine of my picks correct. Jeremy came in with seven, Jack with seven, and then Zach and Cook both had Eight Cook probably with the upset pick of the week with Giants money line. I know we all slandered him for it, uh, but he he is the long shot analyst, and and that was certainly a long shot. So I'd like to give a a little bit of a round of applause to to Mr. Derek on uh, on that insane pick that had no reason to hit. Uh, okay, let's jump into the review. We had the Buffalo Bills taking on the L.A. Rams. At SoFi Stadium on Thursday, September 8th. Crazy to think this was six days ago already. But this was an absolute masterclass. If you remember from last week, Jeremy and I both had the Bills, the money, sort of tilted towards the Rams as kickoff approached. But we had done ours about a week early, and and we both had the Bills. Allen with an absolutely unbelievable performance in this one 297 yards in the air with three tds did throw two interceptions but we can uh we, we can't think about that too much he had 56 yards on the ground and a rushing td as well he looked absolutely unbelievable Diggs and gabe davis combined for an impressive three uh 200 yards between those two both had a touchdown they both looked incredible and then the rams i think the story really was the fact that Matt Stafford didn't look up to the task. He had 240 yards and a touchdown through the air, but he did throw three interceptions. Darrell Henderson was the lead back in this game, 13 carries for 47 yards. Cam Akers, seemingly not on the face of the earth, three carries for zero yards. I know that's going to be a serious problem for a couple people's fantasy teams. Cooper Cup, good game, 128 yards on 13 catches with a touchdown. He averaged 9.8 yards per reception. I mean, I don't know. I, I thought the Bills would come out. I thought they'd be fantastic. They were. Um, it looked like the Rams were hungover. I know this happens all the time, the Super Bowl hangover. For the Bills to come to L.A. and win by 21 points and just hammer them by three touchdowns, I think, is is a fantastic start to the season. My question to you is, are you worried about the Rams, or do you think this is just going to be a little bit of a slump to get the season uh, off the blocks? Uh, I think it's just a little bit of a slump to start the season. I mean, it's not like they had a you know a, a cupcake game, game one. They had arguably the best team in the NFL, um, easily top three, no matter who you ask. Um, and to have you know, Matt Stafford coming back from injury, um, I'm not sure what their line situation is, but it looked a lot weaker than last season's. I don't know if they had any changes on the line there. Um, but yeah, I'm most interested in both teams' running back situations moving forward. Um, for the Bills, Devin Singletary looked far and away like the best back, in my opinion, the most explosive and the only one not to fumble. Um, yes, I do have him on my fancy team, but if he sucked, I would tell you he sucked. Uh, um, yeah. And then the Rams, I mean, Cam Akers looked horrible um, in the few snaps he was on the field. Daryl Henderson didn't 
do anything too amazing, but I mean, there was clips on Twitter of Cam Akers just like missing, missing pass blocks, you know, just letting people shed right by him, not really looking like he wanted to be out there on the field. So I have a feeling McVeigh might be um, pushing towards Henderson here at least for the next couple of weeks until Cam Akers decides he wants to uh, give a little more effort out there. Yeah, this was a, this was definitely a weird game. I, I don't know what the running back situation there is going to be moving forward because it just looks like. All of the explosiveness in Cam Akers from the three yards that we or the three carries that we did see uh, is gone. So we'll see if he can come back from that Achilles. It doesn't happen often. We talked about that uh, last night in the group chat. So we'll have to see how things pan out. We'll move on to Eagles Lions. This game in Detroit at Ford Field. The Eagles get the result, thirty-eight to thirty-five. They did not cover three and a half. In case anybody was wondering. Jalen Hurts, 243 yards through the air. No passing TDs, uh, but the rushing game was extremely impressive. Miles Sanders, almost 100. He finished with 96 and a touchdown. Hurts with 90 and a touchdown. Gainwell with 20 and a touchdown. And Boston Scott with 10 and a touchdown. A.J. Brown caught 155 yards through the air. 10 receptions, averaging 15.5 per reception. Extremely impressive game from him. I think Goddard looked good. Only saw three receptions, but he did have 60 yards total. In terms of the Lions, we had Goff throw for 215, two tuds and an interception. DeAndre Swift rushed for 144 yards and a touchdown. Jamal Williams got 11 carries only for 28 yards. He did have two touchdowns, though. Then Amon Ross St. Brown was the leading receiver for the Lions at 64 yards on eight Catches with a touchdown. DJ Chark also got a touchdown. I think the story here is the Eagles run game looked great, but their defense was absolutely abysmal. They could not stop DeAndre Swift. It is something that I'm going to be worrying about uh, moving forward. I think they let Jared Goff off easy. I think, he, to be honest with you, his stat line shouldn't have been uh, even remotely close to 215 and two touchdowns. I know that's not a great stat line, but he looked like shit in my opinion. Um, you, they have, they have to be better defending the run. They just, they let Swift break off so many long runs. He was, you know, he averaged 9.6 yards per carry. That's too much. I know Swift is a good player. Um, but, but this game, to be honest with you, is a complete disaster. They let the Lions back into it at the end. They got outscored 14 to nothing in the fourth quarter. I do worry about the Eagles moving forward. Their, their division is extremely soft this, uh, this year, but this is is actually not a good win against the Lions. I think they should have won this game, maybe thirty eight to fourteen or thirty eight to twenty, just just because of the offense. It was good, but their defense was terrible, even with all the signings they've made. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. Their offense looks really good. AJ Brown is still that guy. Um, Jalen Hurts could use a little work on spreading the ball around um, just because you're not going to beat good teams if your number two wide receiver has zero receptions all day. Um, but overall, their offense looked good. But yeah, their defense, I mean, for the amount of money and the amount of moves they made, getting people on the defensive end, that needs to tighten up. Um, and I do think they can be good this year. I know I'm a perennial Eagles hater. Um, I'm trying to stray away from that this year because I do think they're some good talent, and it's more so always been about the fan base. Um, but I think they have chance to easily win the division, uh, especially now that Dak's out. Um, so as long as that defense tightens up, they should be good to go. Um, but they have a tall task this weekend in the Vikings. Yes, they absolutely do. The Vikings looked really, really good last week. Uh, okay, 49ers-Bears. This game was a complete shit show. 
Uh, Niners 10, Bears 19. Trey Lance 164 yards in the interception. Rushed for 54 yards. Debo got a rushing touchdown in this game. He rushed for 52. Um, not really used as a receiver in this game. He had two catches, but it was only for 14 yards. Their leading receiver was Jawan Jennings, and this one was 62 yards. Um, the Bears, Justin Fields, 121 yards in the air, two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, Khalil Herbert lead back, 45 yards on nine carries and a touchdown. Dante Pettis caught a nice ball. He scored. He had 51 Great. yards. And then Equinemius St. Brown, brother of Amon Ra St. Brown, uh, had a touchdown as well. I don't really know what to say about the Bears. I, I really don't think they looked that good. I just think the Niners' offense looked really bad. Um, Lance looks way over his head. They did lose Elijah Mitchell in this game, which is a huge a huge problem, but they're going to have Jeff Wilson Jr. slotting in there, so um, we'll, we'll see how he sorts of sort of gets off the block at the beginning of this season. I don't know. I, I feel like the, the Niners have a better offense than this. They, they need to be able um, to throw the ball a little bit more. I know that it was raining like terribly at Soldier Field, but this is a really disappointing result from the Niners. I, I just think the Bears are a terrible, terrible team. They should not be 1-0. Um, but I do also know that the money was all over the Niners. So I, I can't say that this is... Uh, this is a shocking sort of uh, result. I just, I just think that the Niners are a better team than this, and and they gotta go next week and and get a result. Yeah, I wouldn't put too much stock in this game, uh, just because, like you said, the field conditions. I mean, it was disgusting out there, um, and there wasn't much either quarterback could do. I mean, Justin Fields had some forty-five passing yards going into the fourth yeah. quarter, and then he just happened to find whoever that was wide open um, to run the whole field. I Yeah, I would kind of just write this game off as it doesn't matter, unless you're an Eli Mitchell fantasy owner, then it does matter. Um, which, that's my biggest takeaway, is that A, the Niners are now down a running back, and B, the NFL still doesn't care about player safety because they put a bunch of guys out there with known knee injuries in an absolute monsoon to go tackle each other. Yep. But it was fun to watch. <laughs> For sure. Uh, it was just like, it was a crazy game. I mean, I I thought like the pictures that came out of, out of Soldier Field after some of my, some of the coolest pictures I've ever seen taken on a football field. It was absolutely pouring. Uh, feels like slid in after the touchdown. It was, it was really cool, but a really terrible game to watch, to be honest with you. Uh, Steelers. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's just so bad. Steelers, Bengals. Steelers 23, Bengals 20. So the Steelers cover the spread, which was six and a half, I think, going into the game. Trubisky, 194 yards and a touchdown. Claypool, 36 yards in the air. Najee, 23 yards in the air. But the, uh, or rushing, rather. And then receiving, Pat Fryermuth was the leading receiver at 75 yards and five receptions. Looking like he's going to be the safety blanket for Mitch this season. I think Deontay Johnson looked good in this game, but pretty much everything else was quiet. Uh, we had a couple of interceptions in this game. Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Akella Witherspoon, TJ Watt, and Cam Sutton all got interceptions. It, I mean, Burrow was terrible in this game. He did finish with 338 yards, two touchdowns, but he had four interceptions, which is just awful. 
Joe Mixon rushed for 82 yards on 27 carries, which is insane. He only averaged three yards per carry. That is an insane amount of touches to give your lead back. Uh, you know, we expect it from guys like John Taylor, McCaffrey, uh, but but not necessarily from Mixon. And, and we'll get to McCaffrey, too. That was a strange stat line for him. Jamar Chase, 130 uh, yards receiving with a touchdown on 10 catches. Joe Mixon had 63 yards in the air. Hayden Hurst had 46. And then in terms of defensive stats, not really anything to look into there. What did you think about this game? Because it did go to overtime. It was missed kicks. It was McPherson just, I don't know. He's not a, he doesn't miss kicks, and he did in this game. So uh, what are you thinking about this division and, and this game? Because I, I saw exactly what I expected from the Bengals. Yeah, no, I have a couple of takeaways. First and foremost is that, like I've like a lot of people have been saying all offseason, the Bengals were a fluke. I mean, let's be honest, they were, what, 9-8 and eight in the regular season, and then they go to the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden everyone has them as a top-five team in the NFL. Yeah. It's like they just got hot at the right time. If you watched them all regular season last year, they looked just like this. One game they'd go out and dominate, and then the next game they would look terrible, um, which is what Joe Burrow did for half the game. I mean, I think they're still going to be good. Um, and I think it's going to be them more the Ravens that win the division. Um, but I just don't, I think people need to temper their expectations with the Bengals a little bit. And then I heard you talking about Pat Fryermuth, which reminded me that just his line just shows that 99% of people that claim to be fantasy football experts have no idea what they're talking about because every single article, you can probably still go back and look at them. Every single one had him on the do not draft list. Not one person said, I think he'll be a good tight end to draft this year. And the first game out, he probably was, what, the top scoring tight end this week? Probably number two behind Travis Kelsey? Yeah, I was going to say Kelsey, I think, was one. And then I I would imagine that it was probably Muth right behind him. He looked great. Yeah, that's my takeaways. Ravens should win the division, but the Bengals are going to be up there for sure. Um, And the Steelers, I mean, with Najee potentially out. And if they don't sit him, he's going to get re-injured and be out the whole season. Yeah. so we'll see. Yeah. All right. Pats seven, Dolphins 20. Not a ton to talk about in this game. I think the Pats looked awful. 213 yards, a touchdown, and interception for Mac Jones. Only 48 yards on the ground for Damian Harris, who is primed to be the lead back. Jacoby Myers, leading re- uh, receiver, 55 yards on a four receptions. Ty Montgomery got a touchdown late, but it was it was not a good game for the Pats. Tua, 270 yards and a touchdown, 23 for 33 on completions. Chase Edmonds, lead rusher at 25 yards on 12 carries, another terrible line. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell combined for about 150 yards. Uh, 94 yards through the air for Tyreek, eight receptions, no touchdowns. Waddell did, however, get a touchdown in this one, 69 yards, four receptions. Uh, And that touchdown I talked about. I don't know, man. I think I think the Pats kind of beat themselves in this game. Uh, Mike McDaniel seemingly absolutely dripped out on the sideline. I mean, he had like the the supreme fear of God wombo combo. Uh, Air Force is on. <laughs> Love to see that. But um, I don't know. I think the Dolphins' scheme in terms of in terms of big playability is is sort of there now. It wasn't necessarily last year. Uh, two is drawing defenders out and then he, he can extend the play. It's just a matter of if he can get, uh, his arm strength to where it needs to be, because with a guy like Tyree kill with the big playability, you, you have to chuck it. And, and that's the only thing you can do in order to make him, uh, a, a valuable receiver, or at least as valuable as he should be. I think Waddle looked good. 
Um, if this is the, the sort of game that the Dolphins are going to play, I think they're going to be in a lot of games this year. I just think the offensive-defensive scheming was was really solid in this one. And to be honest, they need to get more out of their their rushing game, you know, their game on the ground. But I do think that the Dolphins uh, are going to be a team to, to keep your eye on this season. They They did look good. Yeah, two big takeaways first with the Patriots um, is that it's officially fade the Patriots season. Their downfall has finally come, it seems, and I'm happy to see it. So I will be fading them um, pretty much every week moving forward, although I think they play the beat-up Steelers this week, um, so that should be interesting. Um, and then the Dolphins, I mean, my takeaway is that no matter how many toys you give Tua, your team's still not going to score a lot of points. Um, I know it's only week one, but, I mean, you have Tyreek Hill. Um, you have Jalen Waddle who had to bust through on like a fourth and five and run 40 yards to score a touchdown. I mean, you have Chase Edmonds. I mean, two is not bad, but he's not, he's, I don't think he's their answer. Um, but like you said, they're going to be in a lot of games. Defense is good. Their coaching seems to be good. They seem to, you know, have a good game plan heading in. Um, so they'll be competitive and they should finish second in that division for sure. Um, but two is just not the guy. Yeah, I, I agree with you for sure. Um, we had the Browns taking on the Panthers. Good Lord, this was a terrible game. Jacoby Brissett, 147 yards and a touchdown. Nick Chubb did have 141 yards on the ground. 22 carries for him. No touchdowns. Kareem Hunt, 46 yards on the ground with a touchdown. And then Donovan Peoples-Jones, actually the leading, uh, leading receiver in this game for the Browns. 60 yards on six receptions. That's my boy. Baker Mayfield. Terrible first three quarters, turned it up at the end. Not not uh, not enough to win. They did have 17 points in the fourth quarter, which is nuts. Uh, 235 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. McCaffrey, 33 yards rushing and a touchdown. And then Robbie Anderson, leading, scorer, uh, or leading receiver with an absolute banger of a touchdown at the end. 102 yards on five receptions and uh, a touchdown. Jeremy, your Panthers... I thought they looked extremely good in the fourth quarter, but I don't know what it was. They just they didn't show up the rest of the game. McCaffrey did not look good. He didn't look terrible, but he he has to be more involved, in my opinion. Uh, DJ Moore, another guy who I don't think was involved nearly enough. Ian Thomas had more receiving yards for him or than him. I don't know. This was kind of a weird game. I think the Browns are are pretty shit. I would probably edge Baker uh above Brissett. I'm not a huge Baker guy, but he's definitely better. And I just think the Panthers have a have a decent decent lineup. They they probably should have won this game and they just didn't get off to a hot start. Do you worry about Baker there or do you think he he knocked all the rust off in those first three quarters? Yeah, I'm not too concerned about Baker. Step one, fire Matt roll. He's bad at his job. Um but Baker did um have four fumbles um all recovered by Panthers, luckily. Um, so if he can clean up the work at the center there, um, that would be ideal. My biggest concern is the play calling for the Panthers. I mean, you have arguably the best, the most talented player in the league in Christian McCaffrey from both a receiving and rushing standpoint. Like, he does it all. Um, and then you have, you know, a top 20, top 15 wide receiver who was doing well with Sam Darnold and Cam Newton throwing him the ball, and you can't find more plays to get him involved. It just seemed weird. Yeah. Um, so I think if they can clean, if Baker can clean up the fumbles, and if we can fire Matt Rule, uh, um, <laughs> then the Panthers have some have a better future moving forward. I don't think 
the 26, 24 loss from the, to the Browns um, is going to be how their season goes. I mean, Brissett only threw for 140 yards. We really lost to Nick Chubb, um, which a lot of teams have done before, but I think they'll be okay moving forward. I don't think we're going to be great. Probably third in the division behind the saints and the bucks, but we'll do enough to not make me hate my life. Yeah. But I am looking for a good team to support, so if anyone wants to adopt me into their fan base for the season, um, you know, <laughs> just read it post twenty pod and I'll change fan bases for the season. Yeah. Um maybe the Texans will take you. We'll we'll jump right into that game. Colts twenty, Texans twenty. This was our tie for the week. Can't believe we got a week one tie, but here we are. Matt Ryan, 352 yards in the air, a touchdown and an interception. John Taylor, 161 yards on 31 carries with a touchdown. So fucking insane. Michael Pittman Jr., 121 yards in the air on nine receptions and a touchdown. And then we had Naheem Hines actually caught 50 yards uh, worth of football. Six receptions for him. No end zones. This was one of the strangest games I've ever watched. Davis Mills had a great game, 240 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, O.J. Howard had two touchdowns on 38 yards, and then Brandon Cooks was the leading uh, receiver, as we figured, at 82 yards. A couple of things I took away. Damian Pierce, not the lead back. Rex Burkhead actually had more carries and more yards, so eh, kind of an issue going forward if you're a, a Damian Pierce super fan, which I know many, many people are. Um... I don't know, dude. It took it took Matt Ryan a long time to catch up here. This is sort of the same issue that Baker had with uh, against the Browns. The Colts had 17 points in the fourth quarter. You know, they they opened the game with a field goal. The Texans outscored them 20 to nothing in quarters two and three, and then they got back on the board uh, in the in the fourth quarter. I just I don't know, man. I, I don't know what that was. The Colts haven't won uh, their opening game. In nine years, believe it or not. I know that's insane. That's an insane stat, but it's true. They've started the season 0-1 for the past nine seasons. Um, and the Texans, I just thought, looked okay. They they punted at the end there. They probably could have gone for it, but um, coach decided, you know, it's 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 worth just getting the tie here. This was a division game. I, I get it, but um, I think the Colts have to be better. I don't know if we're actually going to see John Taylor get 31 touches every game, but he did in this one. So we'll have to see. I, I actually was impressed with Matt Ryan. I, I think he's going to turn Michael Pittman Jr. into an absolutely incredible receiver. Pittman looked Julio-esque. Um, he looked really, really good. And I think the I think the Colts will, will get off the blocks after that that disappointing performance. It's better than taking a loss, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my three... Maybe four takeaways from that game. A, Matt Ryan did look pretty good. Um, way better than Carson Wentz. Um, but A, Jonathan Taylor is still the focal point of the Colts offense, rightfully so. Um, so if he's healthy, top three running back for the season um, for you fantasy players. Um, receiving Michael Pittman, um, I think he finishes top five, maybe top eight at the worst in points this season. Um, I know we talked about it uh, in our chat before the season started, but Matt Ryan always makes wide receiver ones. That's just what he does. Um, so I think Mike Pittman top eight at the worst wide receiver. That's my bold prediction after week one. And then Davis Mills. Good at football still somehow. Um, probably top 20 
quarterback if you are a two quarterback league um in fantasy i mean you could probably pick him up off the waiver wire um but he's he looked good brandon cooks i mean i don't even know what this guy's deal is you never see him in the media does nothing um never talks to anybody just goes out there you know 10 receptions 100 yards every week so yeah colts need to be better texans look i mean they don't really need to be better that's about as good as they are um but yeah, yeah. colts moving forward need to be better T- good news for them is the titans also looked terrible so yeah i, I totally agree uh okay saints falcons saints 27 falcons 26 i was so close with my falcons money line uh long shot pick of the week i was so close i knew they'd come out i knew they'd play well and they did Jameis winston 269 yards two touchdowns 17 points in the fourth quarter was the Jameis show uh (coughs) Taysom hill 81 yards on the ground for a touchdown I don't understand how he's the leading rusher, but here you are. He's stealing touches again. Jarvis Landry, lead receiver, 114 yards, seven receptions. Michael Thomas, the slant got his back. He didn't run any slants, but he did have 57 yards and two touchdowns in this one. The Falcons, their offense was primarily through uh, lead rusher, Corderell Patterson, who had 121 yards on 22 carries and a touchdown. Mariota had 72 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And then the air was relatively quiet. Drake London, Rookie leading receiver at 74 yards. Um, Really unfortunate that the Falcons capitulated. They blow so many leads, and I don't think that that's going to change anytime soon. It's seemingly weaved into their team DNA. It's very unfortunate for somebody that likes to bet on the Falcons. Uh, They did cover in this game. I think there was value on the cover. I knew they'd stay in it. I just got a little bit aggressive and chose the money line on picks last week. What did you think about the Falcons first? Because I think they looked really good. Yeah, I think um, Marcus Mariota is better than people gave him credit for. Um, I know that's something you and me both were on the same side of on uh, talks prior to the season. Uh, Drake London looked good. Um, Cordero Patterson doesn't seem to be a fluke last year, although I do have worries about him getting 20 touches a week for 16 weeks at his age. Um, but who knows? I mean, he did it last year. Um, and then I wouldn't be concerned about Kyle Pitts. I mean, he ran a lot of routes. The game plan just didn't fall into his favor this week, which is bound to happen when you play for the Falcons. You know what I mean? It's not It's not like you're on the Bills there, where if you're their target, you're getting the ball every time. But, yeah, I mean, I thought the Falcons looked good, man. I mean, way better than I expected, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then if... I think if if the Saints can get that sort of production out of Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas, uh, we don't have anything to worry about, you know, in terms of their offense. I'm actually sick to my stomach that Taysom Hill is getting 81 yards on a touchdown, but what are you going to do? That's that's just never going to fucking change. They love him so much down there for no reason. Yeah, I don't really know what that deal is. They thought with Sean Payton leaving that his role would be diminished, and yet here he is with 81 yards and a touchdown. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and if you are a fantasy football player and you happen to have a terrible tight end, or if your tight end is made of glass like mine, uh, you can pick up Taysom Hill and play him in the tight end spot. So just something to consider. Yep. And then if, if Jameis gets hurt, you know, and, and Taysom Hill comes in at QB for them, you're, you're going to get those points for that week. You know, they'll change it the next week if, if Jameis stays out, but if he were to come in in the second quarter or, or third quarter for Jameis and, and play as a quarterback, 
then they're not going to be able to take those points off the board. So like Jeremy said, something to consider. Ravens 24, New York Jets 9. The Baltimore Ravens, despite not really playing all that well, uh, were able to cover the spread against the New York Jets. Lamar, 213 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Kenyon Drake leading rusher at 31 yards. Lamar only had 17 yards on the ground, which is strange. Uh, Rashad Bateman, 59 yards and a touchdown. And then Devin Duvernay, 54 yards and two touchdowns. Mark Andrews not necessarily involved all that much in this one. Uh, you know, keep your eye on that. I'm, I'm sure he'll get more involved next week. Joe Flacco, 37 for 59, 307 yards in the air, touchdown and an interception. He spread the ball around uh, really nicely. Corey Davis, 77, Garrett Wilson, 52, Elijah Moore, 49. Michael Carter had 40 yards in the air, and then he was also their leading rusher. So he managed to rack up 100 all-purpose yards in this one, and it's true. Uh, they said that Michael Carter was the heartbeat of the offense. I'd say that's that's definitely the case. Um takeaway lamar jackson was slinging it uh a lot of those balls weren't caught but i do think he looked really good in the pocket um if if they're not going to run uh as much with lamar jackson on the design runs then i think you're going to see a sort of emergence uh, of a different sort of of ravens team you're definitely going to see a more pass heavy uh pocket passing lamar jackson and he can he has a lot of arm strength like he throws the ball hard far and really straight so i'm excited to see that but um i do think the ravens just benefit so much from him on the ground so we're gonna have to see how all that works out uh jets dog shit looked terrible they looked okay in the first half but they capitulated uh in the second they only scored six points and they let the ravens or 14 in the third quarter. So, I don't know. Jets defense, I think, is the, the biggest issue. I don't I don't think their offense is all that bad. They're going to get more points than nine uh, moving forward, for sure. Yeah, my big takeaway is, like you said, Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, a lot of people, the whole running back talk, which we won't get into. Um, but he threw the ball well. Um, and especially for not having, you know, what I would call elite weapons. On his team, I mean, don't get me wrong, Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay aren't terrible athletes. Like, they're good, they're pretty good wide receivers. But, I mean, you don't have some of the weapons that other teams have. And he didn't even really need to get Mark Andrews involved all that much. I mean, third most yards on the team uh, isn't a ton. So, I think Lamar looked good. I'm excited to see him passing the ball. Seems as though, um, after that clip yesterday, a little skeptical about J.K. Dobbins coming back and playing well with the whole ACL, LCL, hamstring, meniscus, quad injury, like the all four at once. Um, but he could use another weapon back, maybe when Gus Bus too. Um, but in terms of the Jets, yeah, they're going to be bad. Um, their quarterback is Joe Flacco. Nothing against Joe Flacco. He was good in his time, you know, 10 years ago. Um, but they're not good. Michael Carter is still their best player. Um, and I just feel bad for Robert Sala, man. I mean, it was his own choice. Um, but he left the Niners, went to the Jets, and now this is what he has to deal with for the rest of his career. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on. We have... Oh, Jags Commanders. This was a fun game. Jaguars 22, Washington 28. Trevor Lawrence, 275 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Uh, James Robinson, 66 yards and a TD Christian Kirk, my boy, the leading receiver in this game, 117 yards on six receptions. His average was 19 and a half per catch, which is fantastic. Zay Jones looked good. 
Uh, and then the the lone uh, receiving touchdown was from James Robinson, who actually only had one catch for three yards, but uh, got seven points out of it. Gibby, Antonio Gibson, 58 yards on 14 carries. No tuds for him. Uh, but the <clears throat> air was going for Washington. Terry McLaurin had a uh, 58-yard touchdown. And uh, he only had two catches, but that was a, a great catch and a, a, a good touchdown. Jahan Dotson, 40 yards receiving and two touchdowns. And then Curtis Samuel, who came literally from the dead, 55 yards and a touchdown for him as well. I think, th you know, I said this the other day uh, in the in the text thread. My week one overreaction is the Washington Commanders look like the most put-together team on both sides of the ball in the NFC East. Um, Eagles defense was terrible. Cowboys offense was terrible. Uh, Giants, honestly, on both sides of the ball were kind of shit with the exclusion of Saquon. And we'll, we'll get to that. Um, Washington, I think, looked really solid. And I know the Jags aren't like a great team, but they didn't play terribly. They, they looked all right. Uh, and I think this is a really good win for the Commanders, and it, it's great to start off 1-0. It's great to spread the ball around like they did. Um, and I don't know. I think I think the Commanders could have a, a really solid season. They can certainly finish second in this division with the, the weaknesses of those other teams that I mentioned. Yeah, I um, I kind of like your, your hot take from week one about the Commanders uh, being the most put-together team. I mean, it, it looked true. Um, which is surprising because if you remember last year, all we talked about all season was how bad their defense was when it was supposed to be great. Um, they so I mean they looked good there. Um, like you said, Curtis Samuel reemerged, um, but in 2020 for the Panthers, um, he was very good. I think he had like 1,100 yards for us, um, so he could be a valuable weapon for them. Jahan Dotson looks like a red zone guy. Um, he was good. Scary Terry, still scary Terry, and surprisingly, Antonio Gibson. Um, Fumble Boy looked pretty good. Uh, catching balls out of the backfield. Something we never did before. I guess all that work with the punt team uh, probably helped his hands a little bit. Uh, James Robinson, um, still the running back one for the Jaguars somehow. I mean, Doug Peterson did say last week that James Robinson could have a heavy load this week. And everyone thought he was lying, which he wasn't. Um, but how about your boy Christian Kirk, huh? Demon. I know that guys like that who are... Good receivers or solid receivers. We don't have to call him good. I do think he's good, but not everybody will. Um, on gar relatively garbage teams are good players for stats because they're going to get... Kirk didn't get a ton of targets, but he's gonna get, you're going to get big play like sort of chances, and he did. I mean, he had that really long reception towards the end. Um I I would have liked to see him get a touchdown, but I think if he's going to be the sort of guy that's going to give you 100 yards every week, he's he's definitely a great option in fantasy, and it's entertaining to watch. And He was kind of like that in, in Arizona as well. Uh, long ball goblin when, when they didn't want to throw the ball to hop. So I don't know. I, I'm, a, I'm a big Christian Kirk guy. I really like him. I have him on every fantasy team. I got him really late, and for some reason or another, people aren't really talking about him. So... Um, we'll jump in Packers seven Vikings 23. This game actually made me sick to my stomach. Um, I fucked up. Uh, <laughs> I thought the Packers would be good. I know that they often get off to slow starts. They often look like shit in week one. That was definitely the case here. They looked really bad. I don't want to overreact, 
overreact right away, but they did look bad. Uh, Rodgers, 195 yards and an interception. Aaron Jones, 49 yards on five carries. A.J. Dillon actually out-touched him. Uh, two to one, 10 carries for Dillon, 45 yards and a touchdown. That was it for the Vikings in terms of off, or the Packers in terms of offense. Cousins, 277 yards and two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, 90 yards on the ground. And then Jettis with 184 yards in the air on nine uh, catches, 20.4 average, and then two touchdowns for him. Okay, takeaway, Kirk Cousins is going to get talked about all season long because Justin Jefferson makes him look good. Kirk Cousins is not a good quarterback. He's an average quarterback, maybe above average, but I'm not giving him good, I'm not giving him great, and I'm not giving him elite. People are already fucking overreacting about Kirk Cousins. I'm a Kirk hater. I hate him. He's the number one most hated quarterback I've ever watched play. He's so, so, so average, and his receivers make him look so good, and it makes me sick to my stomach. This guy looks like he shops exclusively at Kohl's, and it makes me so ill. Kirk Cousins, you are not going to be who you think you are going to be. I'm tired of it, and I don't, I don't know how you feel about Cousins. I know a lot of you like him. I fucking hate this guy. Every single time I watch him play a division game, it makes me sick to my stomach. But I'm done. What did you think? Um, from let's start. I'll start with the Panthers or the Panthers, the Packers side. I mean, they did look just as bad. <laughs> um, but they looked bad. Um, nobody wanted to block for Aaron Rodgers. It seemed like oh, I mean yeah. he was on his back every single play. Um, so I felt bad for him there. In terms of the running back situation, AJ Dillon. This is the running back one, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. Um, they need the. They're getting the Lizard King back this week. Um, so we'll see if Aaron targets him more. I feel like just with the trends from this week on other teams um, that switched wide receivers, I feel like uh, Lizard King might be Aaron's guy here moving forward, which could help. I mean, they they do have some chemistry together from playing together, and he has had some big games in the past, so that's somebody Aaron can trust. And then from the Vikings side, um, I'm not I'm not a Kirkater. Um, I mean, he has finished as like a top 15 um, fantasy quarterback every year since like 2016 or something, which is ridiculous. Um, because like you said, he doesn't do anything out there where you're like, that's the guy. Like, that's the guy my team needs. Um, but somehow he does finish high in fantasy every season. But from a just football quarterback perspective, I agree. He's just an average quarterback who just happens to get put into good game plans around him. Um, Jay Jeff, I mean, he looks like the wide receiver one in fantasy football. Yeah, he is. Um, rightfully so. And Dalvin Cook, um, it was nice to see him get some volume. I mean, 108 total yards, 20 carries. So if you have him, good choice. I know he was getting picked. Um, just slightly before that whole Aaron Jones, Saquon type area. It was like Dalvin, Saquon, Aaron Jones. Um, so Saquon and Dalvin look like you made it out alive. Um, if you ended up with Aaron Jones, maybe not so much, but we'll see here moving forward. Up. Um, Giants 21, Titans 20. <sighs> the Giants really had no business winning this game. The Titans are not a good team. I will admit it. I don't think if you if here's what I'm gonna say. If you can't get a touchdown out of Derrick Henry, something's 
wrong. Something's deeply wrong with your offensive scheme. He is a demon. He's a monster. He's not human. And if you can't get a touchdown out of him and instead up to give Dontrell Hilliard to receiving touchdowns, who, by the way, is sort of a wide receiver running back combo. I, I don't I don't know what this guy is. We, we, watched, we saw him last year, but something's not right here. They, they miss A.J. Brown for sure. Not being able to throw the ball down to A.J. and then switch it up and give it to Henry is going to be a problem for them for sure. I've already seen what I need to see. Um, yeah, Kyle Phillips was their leading receiver with 66 yards, and then Hilliard with 61 and two tuds. Uh, Tannehill, 266 yards and two touchdowns. That's that's a decent stat line, and it's 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 not it's not indicative of the whole story. I I think he looked really really bad. I also think Daniel Jones looked really really bad. 188 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. He led them down the field when it mattered, but this was the Saquon game. I mean, he had 18 carries, 164 yards, and a touchdown. He converted on the two-point conversion for them. Sterling Shepard looked good, but their receiving core is terrible. You know, he had 71 yards and a touchdown. Chris Myarick had a touchdown as well, whoever the fuck that is. I don't know, man. I'm not a Giants buyer. I'm really not. I I think that just edging out the Titans in a terrible game is really bad. Vrabel's not going to let this team continue like this. He'll figure out a receiving... Uh, solution because Hilliard's definitely not it. He looked good, but he he's not the long term solution. And the Giants got away with one here, man. That that's that's all I have. Daniel Jones is not that guy. He is the number one, not that guy. And I, I just I don't know. This this one made me sick. Yeah, I'll never be a Giants buyer. Um, Titans do need to get Derrick Henry in the end zone. Them not allowing him to score once cost me and my friends. Hundreds of dollars um, in a parlay we all put together on four o'clock games, so that wasn't very cool. Uh, but yeah, Titans suck. Apparently, Giants still suck. Um, and I'm letting everyone know now I will be taking the Panthers this week over the Giants. Okay, I I absolutely love that. I I think I'm with you. Um, okay, Raiders Chargers Raiders nineteen L A Chargers. 24, Derek Carr, 295 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. He got absolutely cooked by Asante Samuel, Drew Tranquil, and Bryce Callahan, who each had an interception to their name. Joey Bosa looked great. He had a sack and a half. Khalil Mack had three sacks. Um, Eckler not looking great on the ground. 36 yards on 14 carries. Josh Kelly had 21 yards on just four um, but the Chargers receiving core looked solid. They spread the ball around. Alex Horvath had a touchdown. Uh, Gerald Everett had a touchdown. DeAndre Carter had a touchdown. Keenan went out injured, but he had 66 yards on four receptions before that happened. And I will say Mike Williams was silent. 10 yards on two receptions. Not a ton for Josh Palmer either. And guys like Richard Rodgers and Jalen Guyton were on the field, but they didn't do anything. Uh, takeaway, Devontae Adams looked great. He had 141 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Bolden had a touchdown as well. Josh Jacobs looked terrible on the ground, in my opinion. Uh, he only had 10, 10 rushes for 50, 57. It's really not bad, but uh, I just don't think the Raiders sort of schemed for the rush here. And it, 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 wasn't, a, it wasn't a great game for them on the ground. So... To walk away only losing by five to a Chargers team that looked like it was clicking pretty much everywhere, offensively and defensively, I actually don't think is that bad of a result for the Raiders. 
but um they're they're definitely not like in my in my sort of uh <clears throat> spyglass for for the the leader <clears throat> of that division they're just they're just not there so it's it's going to be Chargers Chiefs in my opinion and and we actually have that game cut up coming up on Thursday so that should be entertaining yeah, my takeaway, um, other than the fact that Devontae Adams is still good no matter yeah, what he plays, really good. was Darren Waller is going to be good now that there's someone to take the pressure off of him. I mean, having to just look after Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro was a pretty easy task for teams. Um, but now that Devontae's there, uh, Waller's going to be open a lot um, with the focus on him. And like you said, Josh Jacobs wasn't completely um, involved in the game, but he did have 10 of their 13 carries. From the running back, so I mean, I think in a more run-heavy game script, he'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Raiders didn't look bad. Chargers looked good as they should. Uh, Mike Will did cast for the ghost impression, didn't do anything. Um, so they need him this week with Keenan out. So we'll see how that goes. Yep. Um. Okay. Let's jump on. Uh, Chiefs forty-four, Cardinals twenty twenty-one. Um. I don't know. This was a weird one. I think Chiefs are, like I said, going to be one of those teams that are just they're going to be at the top. You know, they they looked just as good, probably better than the Chargers did. Uh, they did play a worse team, probably. Mahomes had 360 yards and five touchdowns. Lead uh, lead rusher was Isaiah Pacheco, who had 62 yards and a touchdown. He's from South Jersey, actually. And then Kelsey, we had with 121 yards and a touchdown. Clyde had two receiving touchdowns on 32 yards. Uh, Nicole Hardman had a touchdown. And then Jody Fortson had a touchdown as well. Uh, Stats for the Cardinals, 193 yards for Kyler. Two touchdowns. Uh, Passing, receiving touchdowns were from Marquise Brown and Zach Ertz. Marquise Brown had 43 yards, and then Greg Dortch was actually the leading receiver, who I had no idea who that was before this game. He had 63 yards in the air. Lead rusher was Kyler Murray, 29 yards on the ground. James Conner had a touchdown, but he only rushed for 26 yards on 10 carries. This was a weird one for sure, but I think the Chiefs just absolutely came out and smoked the uh, cards. They weren't ready. They scored heavily in the fourth quarter, but weren't really able to do anything else. So it's gonna be the uh, it's gonna be the Mahomes and, and Kelsey show. I I just can't believe it, but Mahomes is he just doesn't ever slow down. He's really really good, and he looked really good. He's a week one guy typically, and he definitely impressed for me. So I he's gonna turn somebody else that we've never heard of into a fantastic receiver probably. It'll it'll probably be well, we know who Sky Moore is, but like if you're getting if you're getting catches out of Jody Fortson, like you can get catches out of anybody on earth. Yeah. My takeaway is that the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Again. I mean, they lost Tyree Kill, yeah. But now they have a more balanced receiving core in terms of the fact that teams can't just game plan for Tyreek. So, I mean, as long as the defense holds up, which I know has let them down in the past, I mean, I don't see a way in which the Chiefs don't make the Super Bowl. I mean, yes, they have to play the Bills and they have to play the Chargers, so there is always that. But at least be a contender and back in the AFC Championship, for sure. Um, And then the Cardinals, they suck. Um, K1, trash. Um, he needs D hop back immediately. So, I mean, that division stuff, I mean, 
those two teams are in arguably the best two divisions in football in terms of full rounded talent. But yeah, Cardinals didn't look great. Chiefs look good. Yep. Bucks, Cowboys. This game was terrible. Bucks 19, Cowboys 3. Brady, 212 yards in the air, touchdown and interception. Leonard Fournette in playoff form, 127 yards on 21 carries. Julio Jones had a rush. They actually ran the sweep with him twice. He had 17 yards. And then Mike Evans was their leading receiver, 71 yards and a touchdown. Julio at 69 on three catches. And then Godwin, before going out, 35 yards on three as well. I think the defense looked great for the Bucks. They injured Dak, which is always great to see. Um, not seriously. I actually like Dak, but uh, it's it's good as a semi-Eagles fan to know that the Cowboys aren't going to be, uh, you know, sort of challenging for the division. Uh, Dak, 134 yards and an interception before getting injured. Cooper Rush came in. He threw for 64 yards, 7 for 13 on completions. Not great for him. Takeaway, Zeke looked really good in this game. He had 52 yards on 10 carries. Uh, Pollard didn't see a ton of the ball. He did have two receptions, six rushes, but he only combined for about 22 yards total, which is not good. Uh, Noah Brown was the leading receiver. <laughs> he had five receptions, 68 yards. C.D. Lamb was really, really quiet, and he's one of those guys that in fantasy is just not going to have a ton of value this year. I think another takeaway is the Cowboys' defense is going to be good, but it's not going to keep them in enough games because their offense is bad. Michael Parsons had two sacks in this game. Um, I don't know. This game was terrible. It was a terrible, terrible, terrible Sunday night football game. It did sound like Chris Collinsworth smoked 16 packs of menthols uh, before getting on the call to, to talk about the game, but that was sort of the most interesting part was how terrible Chris Collinsworth sounded. Yep. Uh, my biggest takeaway is the Bucks look like they're going to be a run-first team this year um, just because the injuries to the line for the Bucks, and now that Chris Godwin's out. Um, so that should be interesting. And then, like you said, Cowboys defense, good. Um, their offense is going to be abysmal, especially while Dak is out, although I think he's also bad. Yeah. Uh, okay, we'll jump into Broncos 16, Seahawks 17. The Seattle Seahawks, were, who were just an unbelievable underdog yesterday, managed to get the result against a Broncos team led by new quarterback Russell Wilson. Russ, with 340 yards and a touchdown in this game, unfortunately was unable to defeat his old team. Melvin Gordon had 58 yards. Javante Williams had 43 yards. Both of those on the floor. But they also both had goal line fumbles. Jerry Judy had 102 yards in the air on four catches with a touchdown. Very impressive from him. Cortland Sutton had 72 yards as well. And then Javante was the third leading receiver with 11 receptions, the most in the game, uh, at 65 yards. He looked great. He did get 100 yards total, but um, just those fumbles, those are the things you're going to remember. Geno Smith, 195 yards in the air for two touchdowns. He started off like 16 for 16. Uh, he looked great in the first two quarters. Then Rashad Penny had 60 yards on the ground on 12 carries. Will Disley, leading receiver for the Seahawks, 43 yards, three receptions, and a touchdown. Kobe Parkinson had a touchdown as well. This was an extremely high-utilization game for tight ends. Andrew Beck, Albert Aquebugnam, who I still don't know how to pronounce his name. I will figure it out. Disley, Parkinson, uh, Noah Fant. These are all guys that got touches in this game, and... It's crazy to me that 
both of these teams have so many options receiving wise, and it's the big like white tight ends that you're throwing the ball to. These are not at these are not the best athletes. Gino, you're you have DK Metcalf. You're throwing him screens in the backfield where he's getting tackled for a loss of 16 yards. Like I don't know what the idea here is. I'm not I'm not sure. Maybe they're getting used to things still. Regardless, this is an extremely good result for the Seattle Seahawks. And the Broncos have some questions to ask, especially about that new coach, Nathaniel Hackett. What are you doing? Yeah, um, I mean, I still think the sky's the limit for the Broncos um, after seeing the way some of their playmakers made plays. Um, but it did seem like they had some jitters not putting everything together. I'm still not in on the Seahawks. I mean, it's fucking Gina Smith. Um, so out on them. Broncos, they got to be better or they're going to fall behind quick in their position. But, I mean, if you're a fantasy player, I mean, they definitely scored you a lot of points. I mean, between Russell, Judy, Sutton, Javante. So, I mean, that's good. If you like betting on offense, they're definitely a team I would keep in mind moving forward. Yeah. Um, okay. So, we'll move on to our previews for next week. We'll run through these quicks. We're already at like an hour. We have the LA Chargers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs tomorrow at 8.15. Wow, I'm so excited. This is going to be an absolute stunner of a game. The Chargers are dogs. They are plus four and a half, uh, plus 176 on the money line. I'm going to make this simple. I think they looked great last week. I think they're the one team in that division who are going to be able to beat the Chiefs. They, in their past four meetings, I believe, are two and two against the Chiefs. I think they win this game and lose the one later on this season. So I'm going to take the Chargers at plus 176. See, this is uh, this is the one time we disagree early. Normally we're all over Thursday yeah. games together. Um, I'm, I'm all over the Chiefs, minus four and a half. Chargers missing Keenan. J.C. Jackson just started practicing. And it's at Arrowhead, um, which means the implied spread is only two and a half because yeah. um, they're home, two points. Which, I mean, a field goal seems awfully little for a team that is missing their best weapon um, and going up against Patrick Mahomes. So I just feel I just feel more comfortable going with the Chiefs. I'll probably go I'd probably buy it down to minus four just in case, you know, there's a field goal and then they score a touchdown and win by four and I lose. Um so yeah, Chiefs minus four. It's my play. Chiefs minus four, you got it. Up next we have the Washington Commanders versus the Detroit Lions. Man, the Commanders are plus one ten after last week. Like I said, my week one overreaction was that the Commanders look like the most complete team in the NFC East. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that thought. I'm gonna take them against the Lions plus one ten on the money line. Love the value. Got a lot of dogs barking this week. I know last week was the week where people thought about it. This is the week I think that you see some slight upsets. So I'm gonna take the Commanders plus one ten. Commanders. Lions, yeah, that's a tough one. I do, like we said, I mean, I did think the Lions or the Commanders looked like a good football team. Um, so yeah, I think I'll I'll get with you on that one. I'm going Commanders money line plus one ten. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I just don't think that the um, Lions are going to be able to replicate that sort of offensive performance like they did last week. I think that was sort of a flash. Um, and I just I can't see that happening I, again. We have the Cleveland Browns taking on the New York Jets. Jets currently. Five and a half point dogs plus two oh five on the money line. Yeah, this game is tough. The over under set at forty and a half. Um something is telling me that the over is gonna smack in this game. 
I'm actually going to take um, a touchdown odd or a, a touchdown score. Those aren't out yet, but I think Michael Carter gets in the end zone. I don't want to. I don't want to touch the line there. I, I think there's just too much potential that the Browns blow them out, and I don't know. It's it. It doesn't seem like something I want to touch. So I'm going to take Michael Carter touchdown. Fair. I'm going with a running back touchdown, but for the other team, I'm taking Nick Chubb. Kareem had two last week. It seems like he's due for one now. You know, they'll, they got to even it out. They can't give Kareem all the touchdowns with all the work Nick Chubb does, you know, from the 20 to the 20. Yep. Uh, so I'm taking Nick Chubb touchdown as my play. Okay, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the New Orleans Saints. Bucks currently two-and-a-half-point favorites. I am taking the Bucs. I saw what I needed to see from the Saints last week. Despite a really good performance in the fourth quarter, I do not think they're going to be able to keep up with Tom uh, and the Bucks. The Saints historically have the Bucks number, but I don't think that that matters. I'm going to take Bucks minus two and a half. I like where that line's set. Um, and, oh, uh, never mind. I just looked at the money. Never mind. I'm taking Saints money line. Disregard everything I just said. 80% of the bets are on Tampa Bay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with the Saints. Fair enough. Uh, that didn't take a lot of convincing. Nope. I'm going with uh, a Lenny touchdown. Um, there was a clip last week. I don't know how many people watched the game. I'd imagine most people. Um, of the Mike Evans touchdown. And afterwards, um, Mike Evans, or Tom said that that was supposed to be a design run for Leonard Fournette. And that he feels bad because Lenny would have walked it in because the Cowboys weren't pass coverage. <laughs> yeah. So this week they're getting him one for sure. Uh, so I'm going Lenny. Touchdown seems like a gimme. I love that. Uh, we have the Carolina Panthers taking on the New York Giants up next. Giants are favorite, minus one and a half against the Panthers uh, at the Meadowlands. Man, I could not be more confident in a Panthers win. Um, I think we're going to see a Christian McCaffrey masterclass. As much as I'd love to take a McCaffrey touchdown, he did score last week. So I think his utilization will be up, but I actually think his scoring is going to be down. Uh, so I'm just going to take Panthers on the money line. There, there's a lot of lot of value at plus three and a half here if you're worried about a field goal game. But I'm going to take the plus money and, and go with the Panthers. Yeah, no, I'm all in on the Panthers money line this week. Danny Dimes sucks. Um, we just need to stop the run. Uh, and if we can stop the run, I don't see us losing to the Giants. I mean, we have more weapons than them um, on offense. So I'm in. I'm in. Panthers money line. Let's go. Beautiful. Ready to rock. The New England Patriots taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, they are making it so hard to pick a favorite this week. We have the Steelers at plus one and a half. They are dogs at home, whatever that new stadium is called, or Acrishore or something like that. Plus 102 on the money line. You're gonna give me. You're gonna give me plus money on the Steelers. They just beat. They just beat a team that was in the Super Bowl last week. And they played well. I know they're missing Watt. Um, I know they're probably gonna be missing Najee. I don't really think I care. Um, I this, the Pats look terrible. I I just don't think they know what they're doing. I'm not a Mac Jones believer. And if he's gonna throw picks, then the Pats de- or the uh, Steelers defense could score. I, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Steelers money line. I just. I think this is going to be an ugly game. The under is probably a free play, but I'm going with the Steelers. Yeah, I like the Steelers too. Um, kind of leaning towards the under. Um, yeah. 
just because, like we said, Mac Jones looks terrible. And I mean, Najee's not going to be at full speed. Let's be honest. I don't know who I don't no, know who no, he thinks he's playing to coming out saying he's playing all this stuff. Like even if you do play, buddy, you're not going to look great. Um, so I think I'm going with the under, but I do agree with you on the Steelers. Okay. Um, okay. We have you're going to take under. It's forty and a half, right? Yep, forty and a half. Okay. My bad. I lost my spot on my spreadsheet. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. This game's in Jacks. Uh, Colts minus four and a half. I'm going to take them. I think they win by a touchdown. I like, uh, despite the the fact that they lost last year and missed out on the playoffs, I actually like the Colts here. And I think that Matt Ryan throws for another probably 300 yards in this one. So I'm going to take Colts minus four and a half. This is like my first favorite pick of the week. Yeah, I feel like uh, they might have a little chip on their shoulder uh, coming into this game with, you know, like you said, them essentially ruining their season last yeah. year. Um, so, yeah, I'm in. I'm going uh, Colts minus four and a half. Um, like you said, this is a game where if you're looking for props, I mean, Matt Ryan passing should be good. Um, and even take a look at Michael Pittman if they haven't adjusted his line yet because he's clearly their only weapon from yeah. receiving it. But, yeah, I'm in on Colts minus four and a half. Beautiful. Yeah, we have the uh, Miami Dolphins taking on the Baltimore Ravens. The Dolphins are plus 160 on the money line. Ravens minus 190. Ravens three and a half point favorites. I think the over is in play here. It is at 44 and a half. The game's in Baltimore. Um, I don't know. I'm feeling some slop. I'm feeling some ugly play. I think uh, I think Lamar's going to come out here and, and really show out. You have to remember Lamar is from is from Miami. He's was probably growing up a, a Dolphins fan. I think he's going to show out. I think he actually might be the quarterback in Miami next year too. To be honest with you, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take over forty four and a half. I like this game to be high scoring. Okay, I like that. Um, I kind of want to go with a touchdown score here. Yeah, I'm just having a tough time choosing between Lamar and Mark Andrews. Um, I think they'll. Both got a shot. I mean, either of them scored last week, and we know he loves Mark Andrews. So maybe he ends up going with one of them. But I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go Ravens money line. I know it's not a lot of great value, um, but it makes me not have to decide between those two at the moment. And I still think they win. Um, although Miami may keep it close, so I'm just gonna go Ravens money line. I mean, minus one ninety is that gonna be my pick of the week? No, I probably wouldn't recommend taking that um, heavily, but I think it's worth a shot. So I'm going Ravens money line. Beautiful. Uh, we have the Atlanta Falcons taking on the LA Rams up next. Good lord, Falcons currently ten and a half point dogs at SoFi. They're plus three ninety on the money line. The over under set at forty seven and a half. While I do think there is value on the over, I am going to take the Atlanta Falcons alt spread plus 14 and a half. It is minus 184. I think they stay in the game. I liked what I saw last week from their offense. I think 10 and a half is fine, honestly, but I'm going to take the I'm going to take the safety. I'm going to go with Falcons plus 14 and a half alt spread. That is minus 184. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams minus nine and a half, um, you know, by that extra point, just in case it's a 10 point game. I just can't see the Rams not coming out fired up. Although no, I know win for sure, but 
team could definitely, you know, that should cover. I mean, two touchdowns, I think the Falcons can do enough to keep it within that. But I like the Rams winning by, you know, in that 10 to 14 range. So I'm going Rams minus nine and a half. Okay, cool. We have the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Niners are a nine and a half point favorite. This is crazy. This is fucking crazy to me. The The Seahawks looked solid against the Broncos, and I think the Broncos are a better team than the Niners if you look at, at straight-up uh, weapons. The over-under set at 41.5. I don't know, man. I, I think I'm going to alt down... Um, I think I'm going to alt down the total points. I'm going to take... Um, I'm going to take over 38 and a half. We're going to alt down the total and see if uh, if the Niners and, and Seahawks can keep close. Okay. Checking alt spread odds here real quick. Yeah, I'm going Niners minus six and a half. Um, it's minus 170 on FanDuel. You can probably get it around 150 if you spread around the books and figure out where you can get the best odds. But yeah, I'm on Niners minus six and a half. I mean, Geno Smith can't have a perfect passer rating every game. And we didn't really get to see what the Niners were made of week one because of the slop game. So I'm taking a minus six and a half. I think if the Niners played well last week, everyone's opinion on this game would be different. Yes. Um, so I'm in on the Niners minus six and a half. Okay. We have the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Dallas Cowboys. Bengals currently seven and a half point favorites against Dallas at the Jerry Dome. Um, I'm going to alt down again. Um, I'm going to take Bengals minus six and a half instead of seven and a half. That one scares me a little bit. Bengals minus six and a half is minus 148. That's where I'm at. Okay. Um, Fun fact for you, the Bengals have 86% of the money. I hate Um, that, but I got to go with one of them. Yeah, I know. And, dude, the Cowboys do just look so bad. They're so um, bad. Yeah. Um, I'm in on the Bengals minus six and a half. Hoping for a little bounce back game. I mean, they don't, the Cowboys don't really have much to defend them. Other, I mean, I mean, defensively they can, but not answer on offense. So, yeah, I'm in. Bengals minus six and a half. Um, let's keep it simple. Um, okay. We have the... Houston Texans versus the Denver Broncos up next. The Broncos are a nine and a half point favorite. Uh, 59% of the money is on Houston on the spread. Uh, I'm going to take Broncos minus nine and a half. I, I hate this, but it's a trap. And and I think pe- they're going to trap people into betting on the Texans after they played okay week one against the Colts. I don't think they they replicate that. I think Russ comes out. I think it's a garbage time game where he just absolutely racks up his stats. Um, I'm going to take Broncos 9.5. This is probably my flyer, honestly, but I'm I'm going with it. No, that's my thought process to a T. I'm taking Broncos minus 9.5 for sure. Um, Texans aren't going to replicate, and I think the Broncos come out better. So Broncos minus 9.5. Beautiful. Um, We have the Arizona Cardinals versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Cardinals currently plus 198 on the money line. I am going with the Cardinals. You are a Cardinals believer. I have always been. Uh, They won me a lot of money last year in games like this. And I think they looked really bad last week against the Chiefs. I don't think they looked terrible two weeks in a row. 
Um, sixty-six percent of the money's on the Raiders at this point, so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the cards at uh, plus one ninety-eight. You know, I'm taking the over in this game. Probably gonna be a popular pick. Yeah. Um, but I'm in on the over. I mean, the Raiders' offense, a lot of weapons. I think Kyler has to do better this game. So, with that being said, I'm taking over 51.5. I mean, the Cardinals did still put up 21 last week, so it's not like they you know, got blanked or put up like a 10 spot. Yeah. So, I'm going with the over. Okay. We have the Chicago Bears taking on the Green Bay Packers. Packers currently 9.5-point favorites. 71% of the money is on the Chicago Bears spread. I am taking Packers minus nine and a half. I am not only taking it, I am hammering it. I am taking AJ Dillon touchdown. Um, that's the only thing I feel comfortable betting in that game. All right. So AJ Dillon touchdown for me. Fair enough. Makes me sick, but it's probably true. I know. Um, I know. You hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's probably true. I mean, what, what do you want me to say? Unfortunately, that's just. Just the way that it fucking goes these days. Um, let me make a new page here. We have the Tennessee Titans taking on the Buffalo Bills. Bills are a nine and a half point favorite. Seventy four percent of the money is on Bills spread. Uh Jesus, I hate this. I don't want anything to do with this game. I'm gonna take an anytime touchdown score. Um I'm gonna take um Jesus. The, the odds stay away from this game, guys. I'm looking at the odds right here. This is terrible. I'm gonna take Diggs anytime touchdown at plus one oh five. Okay. I like that. They already have that lineup? Yep. Just for that game. So <laughs> of course. That's the um, only they game. Know, they know they can get everyone's money on that game. Yep. Um I don't know, dude. The Bills' defense looks so good. Yeah, um, yeah, there's there's value on the under. I'll be honest with I, you. There really is. I think that's what I'm going with. I see this game ending 35-10, to 10, yep. 35-14, and then just sneaking by with the half point. I'm going under 49.5. Now, when the when the week comes and I make my over-under parlay, that actually is probably where I'm going to put some money because I do think that that's going to be probably exactly the scoreline. It's it's a little high in my opinion, and it's it's actually the underdog in terms of like, or no, it's not. It's favorited. Uh, never mind. Uh, Vikings plus one twelve against the Philadelphia Eagles. Sixty eight percent of the money on the Minnesota spread. Can't believe they're getting people to bet on a one and a half point spread, but here we are. I'm taking the birds. Taking a minus one thirty two on the money line, they're gonna have a really tough time covering Jefferson. I actually do think the over is like a fucking mega lock, but I'm gonna take the Eagles. I don't know, something's telling me. I like that. I mean, I think this game is really a toss up. Uh, just yeah. comes to how the defenses look. Um, I kind of want to root for some uh, late night Monday fun, so I'm going with the over. Um, I'm not too confident with any picks in that game as of this second, but I'm going with the over and just going to hope for some points. Yeah, I think that's good. I, I really like the over too, honestly. Um, and that is it. That's it. Um, we're just about an hour in this game. We ran through picks quick. I feel good. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we can sort of have a better week than we did last week because that just wasn't great. Um, but that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Um, make sure you check out 
uh, Post 20 Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We post all of our picks on there. Going to try and be a little bit more active on Twitter throughout the games. I it, I wasn't last week just because I was so uh, sucked into all the, all the, the action. But uh, I'm going to try my best. Uh, you can find the Premier League show on uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as this show, all the past episodes. It's all up there. So make sure you check that out, too. And thank you guys for listening. Jeremy, thanks for joining me. Uh, and we'll see you guys all next week. Thanks for having me.